It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. We welcome you into this Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023 edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop hanging out with you today. How are you guys doing today? Doing pretty well, Nick. How about you? I'm doing great, Dylan. That's good to hear. Because you're here. Oh, look at you. Yeah. That was sweet. It was. Colin, you're here every day, so it doesn't change my mood. <laughs> That's a fair point. I am here every day. So. Yeah, you guys get me on Mondays and Tuesdays. Exactly, yeah. Usually. You got to make every moment with Dylan count. Yeah. You that understand. like crave, but... That's what I do. I kind of just, you know, got to make you miss me a little bit. Right, yeah. If you were just here all the time, it would be like, ah, oh, it's Dylan. It's not special anymore. Right, but it's special when special you're not guy. here every day. Yeah. So this segment brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations. Robert Fields & Sons, family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. You know who else is a special guy? Brian Thomas. There you go. Yeah, that's true. As we get ready to hear from Coach Brian Thomas as we caught up with him yesterday after the show and here we go we're now joined on the sports mix by the head coach of the muscleman appleman brian thomas coach thomas your team in the first half fought really hard kept it close and then unfortunately in the second half it just became too much martinsburg pulled away but overall what were your takeaways from the game yeah, I mean, I was I was pleased with our effort. Um, you know, I was pleased with how hard our kids played, and you know, they played hard all four quarters. So, um, you know, I think that's the biggest positive you can take away is is you know just how hard our kids played, and and you know they they played together and they stayed together and they they stayed positive, um, which was probably my biggest biggest takeaway, the big big biggest positive to me in the game. Coach, uh, you guys decided to make a change of quarterback during the game to Michael Thompson. Is that going to be a change that's permanent? And what led to that decision? Yeah, um, you know, they split reps last week. Eli and Mike split reps last week. Um, you know, Mike's been Mike's been coming along for us. Mike's a good player. Um, you know, we, we, had, we actually planned going into the game to split them a little bit more. Um, and then we just, you know, kind of thought in the first half that we were playing well and just kind of rolled with, with the hot hand uh, so you know our, our plan going in was to split them reps and to get them some reps and we'll do the same this week not only that it looked like your team decided to go back to the old school style there at Musselman and have a majority run game uh, bunch everybody in and have a few of the option in the wildcat what led to that decision as well for you guys this week yeah, just trying to – we're trying to establish an identity a little bit, um, you know, trying to come back and, and, and um, you know, just kind of get better. Um, you know, we're, that that's kind of the main goal. We focus in the bye week on, on getting better and, you know, continuing to improve. You know, our run game has got to be better. That's one of the things that, you know, ever since I've been at Musselman, the 17 years that I've been able to, to coach here, uh, you know, we've been able to have a good run game and been able to be solid. So, you know, just trying to – just trying to establish the run a little bit and, and you know, get back into being uh, physical and hard-nosed uh, with some of the stuff that, that we do. And, we you know, we thought going into Friday night's game, um, controlling the clock a little bit and running the football gave us a good chance. 
And coach, you look back on it from a defensive perspective. Uh, they weren't on the field that much in the second half, but in the first half, a uh, really good performance in the defense. Yeah, our defense played great. Um, you know, my, my defensive coordinator, Austin Lloyd, um, you know, did a, did a great job uh, just preparing uh, our defense the entire week and getting them ready. Um, you know, we had a solid game plan, and our kids our kids executed. Uh, they played really smart. They played really well. Um, I thought we tackled well. You know, I thought we uh, limited uh, limited the explosive play really well and, and played really good. Like you said, they were really didn't get many chances in the second half, but um, you know, in the, in the first half, I thought they did a really good job. It's now transitioned to this week's game. You guys get to take on Cabell Midland, a very tough matchup on the road. What have you seen from Cabell Midland so far? Yeah, they're good. Um, you know, we, we've played them once since I've been here. Um, I forget what year it is. All my years are run together, but we played them one year in the playoffs, and um, it was a home game for us. And, uh, they, you know, they came in here and it was a really physical, uh, really tough game. And that, that's who they are as a team. You know, I've got to see them on film over the years. They're just a tough physical program. So, you know, they're the same this year. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty they're pretty good. You know, they got one of the best quarterbacks in the state. Uh, they got one of the best running backs in the state. Uh, defensively, they got two Division One linebackers that play for them defensively. So, you know, they're really good. They're really aggressive. Uh, they really get after it. You know, we, we, we got a big job again this week, um, you know, going on the road, a really long trip, uh, and then having a really good team waiting for us when we get there. Coach, you mentioned uh, their quarterback, Robert Shockey. He transfers in from Parkersburg South. Uh, has that changed their offense at all? I know typically they're a run-first team in the past. Is that still their main offense, or have they changed to more opening it up with Shockey at, at quarterback? No, they're still run first. I mean, they throw it a little bit more than you know what what they've done in the past, but you know, not a lot. They're they're a run first team. They do a lot more out of the shotgun this year with some of their stuff, but you know, some of the stuff's the same concepts. It's you know, they're coached really well. Uh, they you know they and they do they they have some difficult things to defend, and they execute their stuff really well. So um, you know, you you put you put together an all state caliber player. Uh, like Shockey is running that offense, it makes it even more explosive. So uh, he does a really good job with it. And then on your side, what's your team need to execute to pull off the win against Capitol Midland this week and get your team set back on the track for the playoffs? Yeah, well, I mean, we can't turn the ball over. You know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm not taking away anything from Martinsburg, but, you know, we, we – you know, here you go, take the ball, score. I mean, we did that a couple times. You know, a couple of their touchdowns were were gifts. I mean, we we could have we could have lined up against um, you know the the um, youth league Martinsburg team, and they probably could have scored against us if we would just gave them the ball in a position, just hand it to them and let them score. So you know, you can't just can't turn the ball over, especially when it. Uh, you know, results in, in um, direct points, you know, for their touchdowns where defensive or special teams touchdown scored. So, you know, we can't have those miscues in those aspects of the game, um, really any game, but, you know, especially against a really good team like Martinsburg. And then, you know, again, you know, another really good team this week in Cabell Midland. We just, you know, we got to protect the football. Um, you know, we got to play smart football and, and, you know, have some things bounce our way a little bit. You know, I, I felt like Friday night, Friday night, that punt that went over Martinsburg's head, if that thing would have bounced our way, it would have been a completely different game before sitting there blocking that thing, sitting at 7-7. So, 
you know, we, we, we can't turn the ball over. We've got to play smart. Um, you know, hopefully those 50-50 balls and bounces go our way a little bit, um, you know, and, we, and, and, you know, we can play really well. Coach, you mentioned trying to find your identity offensively, uh, nine points in the last three games. How do you, I guess, establish that identity this week against Cabo Midland? Well, I, I, you know, I think first and foremost, you just have to execute. Like, you know, some of it's basic, um, you know, football. You know, we're not going to come out and, um, you know, we're not going to come out all of a sudden and just say, you know, say, hey, you know, we're, we're running this new stuff and all of a sudden, you know, we installed this brand new offense and we're scoring 60 points a game. You know, that's, that's not how it works. Um, you know, we, we got to, you know, diagnose a little bit, hey, what we're good at, what puts our kids in the best position to win. And then ultimately, above anything else, no matter what you do, you have to execute what you do. Um, you know, and there were times in the Martinsburg game we did that. And there were times that, you know, we, we did not do that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think to do anything to get us on track and get us consistently, we just got to be able to execute uh, the plan in place. And, you know, we got to we gotta be able to – us as coaches got to put the kids in the best positions that we can. And, then, you know, once we play the game, they have to retain that information and then execute, um, you know, once they're in those high-pressure situations. All right. Any final thoughts, Coach Thomas? Um, I don't think so. You know, I lost my fantasy baseball championship yesterday, so that was a that was a big loss. Um, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, 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 it's all right. So, you know, you asked me about the Martinsburg loss, but that fantasy baseball. Um, shout out to my league. I lost that one yesterday too. So, um, yeah, little little comedy for you guys that you can diagnose my fantasy team after this. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, your fantasy football, <laughs> if you play that, uh, did better. No, I don't. You know, I don't. I, I don't watch the NFL. I, I just don't have enough time. Um, I don't really don't have enough time with getting our kid or getting our stuff prepped. But you know, I really don't play fantasy football. All right. Well, good luck this week against Capital Midland. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate all you do. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh. we're still here. If, if, yeah. If this if this does get aired, um, I do have one more thing. I was, I was joking around about the fantasy football, but you know, definitely. Um, um, want to keep uh, Dave Davis in our thoughts and our prayers. You know, that, that's the official that went down the other night and broke his leg. Um, you know, he, he got had surgery the other day and everything went well. But, um, you know, in all seriousness, you know, want to keep our, our thoughts and prayers up for him, um, that he has a quick recovery and, you know, hopefully in the future can be out there because he's a really good official. All right. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, guys. That was Brian Thomas, the head coach of the Musselman Appleman. And again, our thoughts and prayers also with Dave Davis as he recovers from the unfortunate injury that he had on Friday during that game. We'll step aside and take a break here as this segment brought to you by Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, located at 1400 Shepherdstown Road and online at ParsonsFord.com. They became number one by making you number one first, Parsons. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the sports mix before we get into high school volleyball. Coach Thomas at the end updating us on his fantasy baseball team, Colin. And I think 
when you ask the question, anything else, coach, because that's like your go-to ending question, I really think that coaches should give us something random like that. That would be nice. It keeps us on our feet, yeah. Yeah. Like if they could just tell us like, little Johnny got a hit this week or like what they're having for lunch. Yeah. (laughs) What they're having for lunch. I I like it. I'm all for it. Uh, My fantasy football team won. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about your football football team. It can be whatever. So if any of the coaches are listening, take coach Thomas as an example and give us something else, anything going on in your life that you want to talk about. Obviously there's things you probably don't want to talk about, but if it's positive, let us know. Or even negative. Maybe we can help you out through some Maybe things. you just want to vent. Yeah. You know? Nick just wants to become a counselor for the football coaches. I don't know about that. I don't think I'm experienced enough to handle all those situations, but I think it could be an idea. So, anyway, moving on. High school volleyball. Maybe tonight when we ask high school volleyball coaches anything else, they'll give us something different than... No, I'm good, thanks. But um, high school volleyball tonight, we have Jefferson taking on Martinsburg. Jefferson actually swept Martinsburg last time. Uh, These two teams met. Dylan, you'll have the call with Jim Klein. Uh, What are you looking forward to about this match? I think it's it's two schools where we weren't really sure where they might fit in to that second tier of the EPAC behind Musselman and, and Hedgesville. It seemed like at the beginning of the year that Jefferson was having some struggles. But since then, I mean, they were able to sweep Martinsburg. They were able to take a set off of Hedgesville. And we also saw Martinsburg take a set off of Musselman. So, and that was, I believe those were both of those games that we had two weeks ago. So in the same week, we, we both saw that back-to-back. So now they get to play each other again. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, I assume that that first game, not having the memory of it off the top of my head, that Jefferson swept that one at home. So now Martinsburg gets to play at home. Could be a completely different scenario. You never know what can happen. Like we just saw Hedgesville sweep Musselman on on their home court. So home court advantage can change things. You never know. And I think Martinsburg showed, showed some interesting promise of last time that we saw them against Musselman. And I think it'll be it'll be a fun matchup, I think. I think it could be, you know, the first game was a sweep, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it goes completely the other way and it goes five sets. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. If you look at the two teams' records, uh Musselman or I'm sorry, Martinsburg coming in at seven, seven and two, Jefferson nine and twelve. So, you know, relatively the same record or at least pretty similar. Um, I think it should be a pretty interesting match. Uh, Jefferson has a lot of experience on that team, so that could help them tonight. Martinsburg has a good mix. Um, Colin, what what are you looking forward to tonight? I'm looking at the records as well, and I think this should be a competitive one. And you look at the recency of the schedules too. Martinsburg right now on a three-match win streak since we saw them last against Musselman. And then for Jefferson, they are on a unfortunate three-match losing streak and we talked a little bit about the last time these two teams played it was Jefferson that got the sweep that was a month ago so a lot of time in between and even though it was Jefferson getting a sweep it was still very competitive set one 25 23 
Set two, Jefferson got 25-15, so more in control in that one. But set three, also 25-23. So it wasn't as if it was pure domination, even though they still got the win. So I could see this maybe flipping around and being a Martinsburg win or something that Jefferson just has to take more time to get the win going into a fourth or fifth set. Uh, I'm intrigued by this matchup. These teams, as you said, from the records, 8-7-2 for Martinsburg, 9-12 for Jefferson should be an even match. Yeah, I think um, anytime it's EPAC volleyball, you never really know what's, what to expect in terms of the final outcome. I mean, none of us expected Hedgesville to sweep Musselman last week, and even though that match was over quickly, um, it, it's still like the unknown, and that surprise is a great reason to tune in. So I think tonight we could see a five-setter. We could see a sweep. You never really know. Um, but I think there's a lot of talent on both sides. It should be a good match. So any other thoughts on this one before we move on? You guys good? I'm good. All right, let's go ahead and take another break. On the other side of that break, we'll talk about the Drew Holiday trade. He's headed to the Boston Celtics, and we'll recap last night's dominating win for the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. This segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and design bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hank Wilson Way in Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the Sports Mix here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop here on the show. After the news last week that Damian Lillard had been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for a package that included Drew Holiday to the Portland Trailblazers, we knew that Drew Holiday wouldn't stick around in Portland for too long. And he ends up with the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics with a great counter, I feel like, here to the move of Damian Lillard going to the Bucks because they pick up not only a former Buck in Drew Holiday, but a guy that can defend at an elite level and I think potentially gives the Celtics one of the best starting fives, if not the best starting five in the NBA. Colin, you're the, you're the Celtics I'm ecstatic fan. about this trade yeah. because of those reasons that you just pointed out, especially on the defensive side with the Celtics losing Marcus Smart earlier this offseason. Yeah, Drew Holiday's an upgrade. You needed a guy to pick up on the defensive end. And, yeah, as you just said, Holiday, it seems like, is an upgrade on that side, even though Marcus Smart... I, I don't know if he's a better defender, was, but he's a better overall player. Right. And yeah. I definitely am for this trade because of that, and hopefully it, as you said, gives Boston potentially the best starting five. But they did have to give up a few of their depth pieces, which I'm still okay with. Hopefully it makes them the favorites back in the East. It's going to be tough, though. I mean, in some ways they traded Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, and they got Drew Holiday and Christoph Porzingis. Right. So that's what I, I was about to say. I'm well, still okay Malcolm Brogdon as well. Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. So that that's basically what I was doing the math in my head on was Smart and Brogdon 
for Drew Holiday and Robert Williams for Kristaps Porzingis. So it's a tough trade. And when I heard that it was the first tweet that I saw from Woj was that it was Malcolm Brogdon and picks. I was like, wow, that sounds great. They threw in Robert Williams. I was like, ooh, that's a little tough because Robert Williams is great, great defender, but he is injury prone. So there's the there's the downside to we kind of had him. So I think in the end, it makes them a little better. I think this trade in particular makes them a bit better than when you factor in the smart for Porzingis move. It gets pretty interesting. So now they're basically looking at Porzingis and Al Horford up in the front court. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as their wing guys. And then so Drew Holiday and... Who's they still the, have Derek White off the Derek, bench. Derek probably. White. That's, that's yeah. They have Derek White off the bench. Peyton Pritchard, a guy from last year. But other than that, I'm looking, and there's not many guys that I recognize. I think they're still lacking that wing depth. I think they need one or two yeah. more guys that, and maybe those guys come along later in the year in the buyout market at the trade deadline, things like that. Or maybe they're able to make a small move. Maybe they move Peyton Pritchard for a guy like that because Peyton Pritchard still on this team i think even he knows that i think he's requested a trade uh doesn't really fit into a lot of minutes and he's a pretty good player like he can be probably pretty useful on a good number of teams but on the celtics not so much but i think they do need that kind of extra three and d wing guy like that can kind of take some minutes away from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum so that they can get some rest not a guy that needs necessarily needs to handle the ball that's what Drew Holiday and Derek White can give you as those secondary ball handlers I think it is a good move for the Celtics that all right you've lost Marcus Smart you wanted to upgrade your your big men so you went and you were willing to sacrifice Marcus Smart to do that that if Porzingis stays healthy it's definitely an upgrade because he's a really good player when he's healthy but then you go out and you say okay we'll we'll give our other our surplus of big men that we now have because of that trade and use that to upgrade from Brogdon to Drew Holiday. I think it's a good, I think it's a good move for them. I don't really think it puts them above Milwaukee in my mind. I think that's the only thing I think the Dame trade, I, which I, because since I wasn't here on, you know, Thursday or Friday to, to talk about it, I, I do think that was a great trade for Milwaukee. And I think in my mind, it makes them pretty solid, favorite in the east over the celtics i think this is an improvement for boston but still dame and Giannis is such a great combo to go with middleton and and brooke lopez i think milwaukee you know loses that defensive presence with drew holiday on the outside but having Giannis and brooke lopez on that back line really still helps out a lot middleton's a pretty good wing defender Although it would be tough for him to guard someone like a Damian Lillard or one of those top point guards. They don't really have someone like that now since they don't have Drew. But they have Damian Lillard. That was their main problem with the Bucks was they didn't have that really second go-to guy that if someone, you know, a team like Miami built the wall on Giannis, Drew was inconsistent in the playoffs. Middleton was inconsistent in the playoffs. Middleton was hurt for a good bit of these playoff runs. So they needed that second superstar guy because Middleton and Holiday were good but they weren't superstar guys to go with Giannis yeah so I I I really I like both the moves for both teams but I still have Milwaukee number one that's fair I think 
for the Milwaukee situation, you know, having Middleton as that third scorer is a better role for him at this yeah. point in his career than as the number two. So it looks pretty good for Milwaukee. My concern for Boston would be they give up some rim protection, losing yeah. Robert Williams. Al Horford and Porzingis are not known for their defense. Who's really going to match Giannis? I mean, match Giannis Horford, that well. Horford's usually their guy for Giannis. Right. He usually does Horford a pretty is. good job. But, but he's still getting, getting older. older. Exactly. But yeah, there's that. And he's, he's not, not getting not, any younger. He's not that rim protector like Robert Williams. Right. But so Porzingis can. Could be. But again, it's the injuries. He has to stay healthy. Yeah, that, that that's what you hope. It's it's kind of up in the air what you'll get from Porzingis. But could Holiday do it? I, I know there's a huge size difference there. He's not going to give you. He's rim not going to be a rim a rim protector. I'm just but saying he's going to he's going to he's Milwaukee type situation. Uh, kind of meant more of matching him up with Giannis. I, I think have him on Dame. Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee. You've you have gotten that replacement so, for Marcus Smart. I mean, you can throw like Jalen Brown at him some. I was yeah. thinking either him or Tatum, yeah. But. Or Tatum. I think it's pretty close between the two teams. They both have their strengths, both have their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends, you know, can Boston get over the hump? Can Jalen Brown play much better in the playoffs if he's playing right. at a high that's, level? That's really the yeah. thing. Is It's one thing to, you know, wonder if Porzingis will be healthy. They, they had the, the pieces around Jalen and Tatum to make that run back to the finals, but J- but Jalen Brown just didn't play well enough for the, to get them back there. So they they need he needs to I don't know learn how to dribble the ball with his left hand. <laughs> Go to that his is left. The joke, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's we'll see. True. I think if you were to rank the teams in the league right now, would Boston be your number two or? I mean, no. the Nuggets would still be up there, right? I'd go I mean, Nuggets. Both then. These I thought you were just meaning the East. Okay. In the East, sure. Yeah. But I still put Denver probably number one overall, even after yes. losing Bruce Brown. Because, you know, it's a nice role player, but still it's one of the role players. They didn't lose any of the big pieces, like Jokic or Murray. And then I would go Milwaukee. And even before this move, I might have gone with Milwaukee as number two. I think it just made them a more solid number two. And then I'd probably go with Boston off the top of my head without, you know, the, the West is kind of in flux after Denver because, you know, the Lakers have made a lot of changes on their roster and so have a lot of other teams at that top. The, the Mavericks have their issues with, with Luka and, Gian, Luka and Kyrie. Kyrie, but the defense is, is not really there and Kyrie is... Kyrie, you never really know what you're going to get there. Can I consider the Suns too? I think the Suns got better. That's, that's that's the other. T- I knew there was someone I was missing. The Suns. I don't. I don't know. I I I think I would have to put the Suns number three, even after the the trade they got them a little more depth. I had to put them behind Milwaukee because Milwaukee doesn't really have a lot of depth themselves, but they kept most of their pieces that got them the number one seed this year. Although they lost to Miami, and it's going to take a little bit for for Bradley Beal and booker and durant yeah all i think the connect. suns yeah i think the suns will be pretty awesome as a, as a team overall especially in the regular season as long as they, kd stay healthy of course but that's yeah. every team will they stay healthy or not right beals had some injury issues too himself but I, I think it's it's still it's denver and phoenix in the west and it's boston and milwaukee in the east yeah i think that's are fair. we going to see harden be traded soon he's got to go somewhere because philly doesn't 
or he's not playing for in Philly, it appears. But you know who really wants him, and, and the what are they going to get? Yeah, but I don't think Philly's going to get anything back for him from the Clippers. So it's hard to yeah really get a whole lot for him with this. I think the 76ers really could have used Drew Holiday because if they yeah. you can't just trade Harden for a bunch of bench pieces because then you have Joel Embiid and what Tobias Harris and who uh what's his name Maxi true Tyrese Maxi but you that, that's really you have to you're kind of bet you're hedging your bets on a big jump from Maxi Maxi's good but he's not quite an all-star level player yet. He could get there. There's a solid chance he gets there. But you don't know that that's going to happen. I just think Philly is like a team that you like can't really believe in 100% because they haven't no. proven it yet. Nope. So even if they do get something for Harden that looks pretty good, I just don't think that they're you can trust them right now. And can you like win with your center I mean, yes, your center can be your best player, but I think Jokic is a different type of center. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I do think, too, like Milwaukee, uh, the move to get Dame, like that Dame and Giannis duo reminds me a lot of the Jokic and Murray duo, and it might be a better version of that. I I'd that say Colin the other day. it is a better version of it because yeah. I'd say Jokic and Giannis are the two best players in the NBA right now. And while Giannis and Jokic are very different offensive players – Giannis is one of the players in the league and can also still put up 27 points a game or so. And then Murray is essentially about like a 90% version of Damian Lillard when he's healthy, when they're both healthy. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like a little bit of an upgraded version of that. So it, it's going to be great. I hope, I kind of hope that's the finals as of right now is the Nuggets and the Bucks because that would be incredibly fun. Wouldn't be great for the uh, TV market, <laughs> Denver and Milwaukee. Not no. exactly teams that you think of. Denver and Miami wasn't great either for no. them, but at least you know it was Miami yeah. and not yeah. Milwaukee. I said too. I said the other day this was a Damian Lillard going there was a win for small market teams because you get absolutely the Bucks to keep this consistency of Giannis is probably going to stick around now, mm-hmm. and then Damian going there uh, is exciting for the small market but i think we pretty much covered everything on this so we're going to take a break on the other side of that break uh we will talk mlb playoffs we don't really need to talk about last night's game uh even though i said we would it was a blowout giants need to fix their offensive line daniel jones stinks giants need to stop getting primetime games (laughs) well they're new york good job giants 40 million a year for nothing good (laughs) it's not all on danny dimes but sure that O-line is terrible. 11 yeah. sacks. Yeah. Andrew Thomas hurt, yeah. This segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Dylan Bishop, and Colin McLaughlin. Let's get into MLB playoff 
talk as the playoffs start tonight. Of course, our Orioles are off until Saturday. Colin, you got you guys are both going on Sunday, right? Or yep. yeah, I believe not so. together, but we are going. We yeah. are going. Yeah, that should be fun. Should be. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, should be probably we would have seen Rodriguez in game two, Kyle Bradish in game one. Yeah. I don't know. That's you would kind of think. Present. I think what I'm presuming. So I believe game one goes in schedule to where Kyle Bradish pitched what two innings on Sunday in the regular season finale against the Red Sox, and he'd be pitching on six days rest if he pitched in game one. So an extra day of rest only only pitched two innings in the last game. I think that'd be good for him. Grayson usually follows him in the rotation, and that those are your two best guys. Yeah, for, I think that makes sense. Um, the, the funny thing is is that Saturday, uh, Fox has some issues on when they're going to play that game because of the Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks concert at M&T Bank Stadium on that day. So, obviously, they can't really play that game at night, which is what they originally probably wanted to do uh, because the parking would just be terrible in downtown baltimore but that's true i think they're gonna play it at one is what people are saying on the internet um but tonight or this afternoon i should say starts the uh, wild card series we got the rangers and the rays the blue jays and the twins following that at well not following it but at 4 30 on espn 7 p.m on espn 2 diamondbacks brewers gross series and then 8 p.m marlins and the phillies that's a 92 win milwaukee brewers to you nick Oh, on that gross <laughs> it's just like not teams that you think about in the playoffs yeah i, I think kind of the entire nl wild card series there marlins phillies diamondbacks brewers no one really expects any of those teams to be able to get by the dodgers and braves so yeah. it's kind of like consolation Prize. But you never know. Maybe you the never Phillies. Know. The Phillies could, maybe. They went on the run last year. And they did. Anything can happen. I kind of like the Diamondbacks a little bit. Uh, they got a nice young team. Corbin Carroll's an exciting player for mm-hmm. them. So, uh, Who do we think the wins these, these wild card series? Rangers-Rays is definitely intriguing. Two 90-plus win teams in the wild card. That should be a good series. Um, I think the Rays do win it, but... Yeah, the Rangers really. If they fumbled. were healthy, I think they would have a shot. But yeah, the Rangers really fumbled the end of the season there, where they could have been the two seed. And then, what last day of the season is when the Astros took over and got mm-hmm. that the two seed. I, I expect the Rays to come out of that series to face the Orioles, and then the Twins Blue Jays series is pretty interesting because obviously Minnesota has the home field advantage but i think you could would probably say that the the blue jays have been a bit of a better team over, they have more talent they do so it, it's tough i kind of think that it's a three-team race in the al and it's a two-team race in the nl the nl is the braves and the dodgers and the al is the astros orioles and rays so it would have been nice for the orioles if the astros held on to that five seed you could kind of cut out both of those you know one of those teams you only have to face mm-hmm. one of them on the way to the world series but upside is maybe the rangers pull off the upset and you get to face a team that you might feel a little bit better about in the, in the postseason but it's still possible i mean the rangers still have a really good team it just depends on their pitching and how healthy which right now seems like they're 
not and kind of fell apart after the all-star break had that horrible stretch where i think they what lost 20 of 23 games or something crazy like that which kind of made that race competitive and allowed houston to come back allowed seattle to come back and have the craziness at the end of the year in which seattle gets eliminated houston via tiebreaker wins the division over texas and now texas has to go up against tampa who is still a 99 win baseball club i mean they were yeah, they're really good yeah mm-hmm. a really really good team that even with their injuries and whatever's happening yeah, whatever happened to I, I, I like tampa bay in this series sure, i think it goes that. four maybe five and then on the other one for the al between toronto and the twins i'm saying toronto and four i, I four the, the twins have been playing good as of late but i still think toronto's a better team overall as you guys were saying so wait these these are only three game series in the wild card i thought they yes, were five three games no my apologies tuesday wednesday thursday Why did i think the winners of the, we get it friday because I, I it used to be it used to just be the for five well the wild card was one game at one point yeah right and, and I then they changed they it to a three game and then series seven mm-hmm. okay so my apologies there so yeah um why do is it because minnesota's a division winner that the orioles have to play the rays or the rangers yes, yes. i think they just they don't do the reseeding that the yeah. nfl does or i should say the, the, the nfl did when it had the two buys in the six-team playoff on, on each side yeah that's tough so it there isn't you know they don't get to just face the lowest seed so if the blue jays were to upset because the, based strictly on record the worst teams are the blue jays and the twins but because the twins are a division winner and they got the three yeah mm. that's so then yeah that's kind of tough <laughs> like yeah. the orioles get the one seed but they have to face the tougher teams well Kinda. I mean, it, it's still well, the four in and the theory, five. right? Right. The Rays and Rangers not. have better records than the Twins and the Blue but Jays. But in theory, it's not because those are the four and the five. Well, that's that what they would s- be the three and the six. That's what they'd say in the NFL, right? Is where you you get the added bonus. You won your division. You get the you get the higher seeding. You get the home home field advantage for at least right, one round. Right, but the one seed still gets to play the weakest team that advances. That's the thing. That's the thing that's that I true. I wish that they would do. Maybe they'll switch to it eventually. Is doing the sort of reseeding that the NFL did, where after that first round. If the six seed upsets the three, they go to the one seed. Yeah. Instead of just saying, "Well, no matter what, you know, the two, the the Astros might get to play the Blue Jays," which is like, "Well, wh- why did the and the Blue Jays aren't bad? Like, it's not like they're no, but they are the terrible. team with the worst record in the. I think the or, Twins or, 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 out of the they wild are card. they are the team in the the worst record out of the wild card teams. Yeah, so you say that you know the Orioles get the added bonus of the bye. But that's all that they get. They don't get anything. The, the only added bonus they get being the one seed is they get home field advantage in the ALCS. Yeah. So, which is nice. But overall, when it comes to like playoff predictions for I think, all of us, I think the Rays take the Rangers down. I will. Um, yeah, I think it'll be Orioles Rays. I think it'll be Orioles Rays. And I think it's three, maybe. I'll say the Blue Jays get the get the upset over the Twins. Yeah, I agree with that. And then I'm going. Brewers I'm going Milwaukee and, Phillies, and Phillies. Milwaukee and Phillies. 
think the Brewers have good pitching, but there's probably going to be an upset in there. So. I think it only being three games helps out the Brewers because they can throw Corbin Burns out there and almost yeah. get it like you would hope a guaranteed win with how good he is. But yeah, I, I think that that's how that I'm not going to. I'll say the one upset seating wise in the wild card rounds, the Blue Jays. So we're yeah. all kind of in agreement. Yeah. Which means we probably won't be right. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Give me the twins. Give me the twins. <laughs> I mean, they've been playing good as it's not a terrible pick. Like, so yeah. And then, so I, I think the Phillies could get hot again on the national league side. Can they surpass Atlanta? I don't know. Can they take them to a I, final game? Yeah. I'm I'm going chalk in the NL. Uh, it's Braves and Dodgers and the Braves. I think the Braves are winning the World Series. I, I think they're going to go all the way. That, that That's just me personally. They are a really good team. Um, I'm going to take the Orioles, but it probably won't happen. <laughs> I'm taking the Orioles too, but yeah, as you said. Probably you guys, won't, but like, to all, why go not? all the way? Yeah, why not? They're still a very, very good team. If the bullpen steps up... It just kind of feels like our see, year. See, that's the thing. If the bullpen steps up, why do we have any sort of... What, what is the bullpen outside that's of a, a lot of these teams, Dylan? What, what that's is, a lot of these teams. I, it is a lot of these teams, but I mean, maybe it's just because I've seen, I've been seeing it all year, and I don't, I, and I can, you know, just sit here and assume that some of these teams have at least one or two reliable guys. But the, the Orioles have, you know, Yanir Cano, who has been really good for stretches of the year. And He's then, better in the setup role. I think they figured something out. And I don't think they completely let us know. But I think Tyler Wells is going to be the closer. You think so? I think they figured that out in the game-clinching game. I I think so, too. I think they can try it, and I maybe it works. That might be what they need to, need to try. I just I need to see the bullpen get through. As of right now, I'm picking the Astros to win the AL. I just I can't trust the bullpen until i see it happen maybe if we get through the alds and the orioles win it against the rays and they get two saves from tyler wells in a one or two run game then i'll say go into the alcs against the astros and say all right i've seen the bullpen step up a little bit in that race in the in the alds and there we go orioles in six or seven over the astros but i just do not trust the bullpen i don't I mean, it's always tough to rely on your bullpen. I think the bullpen had some good stretches, though, toward the end of the season. And I think if they maybe just figure out, I mean, figuring out the closer is a big thing to be trying to figure out come the postseason. But I feel like Cano is better in that setup role. You keep him in that role. You have Colomb, who's not bad. Um, CNL Perez has been pretty good lately. Yeah, Perez yep. has been really good recently. So here's Here's the other thing. The lineup has not been consistent as of lately either. And these are going to be young guys going into their first playoff experience. They don't have playoff experience. The guys with the most playoff experience are Kyle Gibson and Jack Flaherty, who may not even be on the playoff roster. I hope Jack Flaherty's not on the playoff roster. He hasn't been very good. You guys have been worthless. And Kyle Gibson should not... If Kyle Gibson starts a game, also, something's gone wrong. No, I don't think he should start. I think you can put him in the bullpen, though. That's sure, yeah. An emergency situation. They should they should be going with Bradish, Rodriguez, uh, Dean Kramer, and John Means. Yeah, I'd go John Means in Game Three and and Kramer in Game Four. Yeah, I think that's what I would do as well. 
but Gibson is that veteran. He has been in the postseason before. He hasn't pitched a ton, uh, but he did pitch in the World Series last year for the Phillies, I think a little bit in like a relief role. Um, but I believe those are the only two guys with playoff experience on the roster that I can think of. I, yeah, I just I have a hard time trusting that they can get the whole, that whole way through. I was thinking Hicks. Hicks probably does, yeah, for the Yankees. So. Yeah, true. I I would love to see it. I just don't trust it. It hurt my optimism a little bit, especially when Felix Batista. That's the thing. That that's what I hurt think me the they could have. So we knew that months ago that he probably wasn't coming back. I think they could have if if they still had a healthy Felix Batista. I'd probably say that's enough for me to pick them to win the American League. Over I'm the still Astros, picking to win the American League. Now they did win a series against Houston in Houston without without Felix. Yeah. So just recently. So if Tyler Wells does step up, or you know, even if a setup role and it's Cano as a closer, or vice versa, maybe they can pull it off. But I got to see it to believe it. That's fair. I mean, I'm just kind of starting to buy in that it's like going to be the Orioles year for whatever reason maybe but they may be just you know a year or two away still but I mean if you win 100 games and as well as they played I think they're at least going to get out of the AL I have them getting out of the AL it just comes down to can they beat Atlanta can they beat the Dodgers, the Dodgers. yeah and if they lose the World Series I'd be more devastated than I think they would, losing the, the I think they would lose to either of those teams too but. I'm looking forward to this playoffs especially because our Baltimore Orioles are the number one seeded team and Royal magic again, baby starts at three o'clock with the wild card series getting underway today and best two out of three I'm just saying that to mostly remind myself but for Nick Verzellini as well as Dylan Bishop I'm Colin McLaughlin signing off